0: An agency that sends social workers into the homes of grieving families to impersonate dead loved ones. The kind old woman who saved a teenager's life, but who now finds herself haunted by the weight of a cheated suicide. And the daughter of a candlestick maker as she tries to survive a painful existence after her father's execution for making human chandeliers of drunken cowboys. These stories and more Ranging from supernatural to the frighteningly domestic, splatterpunk to the weird and cosmic, stain the pages of Cut to Care, a collection of little hurts by Aaron Dryers. These are stories about caring too much in a world that doesn't always care for you back. Also featuring an exclusive introduction by writer-director Mick Garris, creator of Masters of Horror. Cut to Care by Aaron Dryers, a collection of little hurts. Out
1: now. Hi, uh, my name is Erica T. Worth, and I'm the author of White Horse that's out with Flatiron Macmillan November 1st, and it's an indigenous literary horror novel. Um, it's about Carrie who despises her mother because she thinks she abandoned her when she was two days old, um, and she loves heavy metal and she loves horror. Those are the things she loves. But when her um, Cousin Debbie uh, gives her an old bracelet of her mother's. Carrie's like, yeah, thanks, and basically tosses it aside. And um, But when she touches it, her mother starts haunting her, the ghost of her mother. And this monster begins to invade her dreams. And so Carrie decides that she uh, guesses she should find out what happened to her mother after all. And uh, one of the bits of inspiration for this novel was um, had to do with my grandmother, as I had been told all of my life that my grandmother had suicided, um, but when a cop looked at the um, death certificate for my mother, he said to her that it sort of looked like it had been doctored and the family came to wonder if her husband um, had murdered her. And so that um, controversy had has never been resolved and I think in some ways the tension between those two. Uh, potential very 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 different facts um, in some ways kind of like stayed inside my brain and erupted into this novel
0: the curator
2: will see you now are you looking for conversations with some of the hottest names in horror today like eric laraca Haley piper clay mcleod chapman laurel hightower jamie flanagan and Allie wilkes along with indie horror superstars like brianna morgan and joe coach then you should tune in to Terrifying Tones of Terror with your host, the curator of horror, Chance Forshee, wherever you get your podcasts. So, I have some pretty exciting news to share. Megan the Horror Babe is partnering up with Horror Max, and I want
3: you guys to join me on my adventure as I watch really campy, cheesy slasher horror
1: movies. I'll be watching tons of scary movies and reviewing them, and you guys can follow along. So, if you use the code HORBABE,
2: you'll get a free month on me. I promise I won't let you down.
1: I actually
3: have a, a small f- uh, friend that wants to join just for a minute because he's never been on YouTube.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he we can do being the uh, intro.
3: He's about his mom's writing, but he wants to be on YouTube. So, come, here. come here. Hello. Hey. Hi. Your Hi. mom's
2: awesome. <laughs> and this, this is, is our book.
3: Well, actually, his name's Ricardo, but we call him Kiki. And hey, he Kiki. Wants- well, I'm sorry, you guys are recording, right?
2: Yeah, welcome okay. to the show. We'll, we'll keep this bit. And uh this is our friend Ronald Kelly. He is the uh, Jedi Master.
0: Jedi Master.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Always been there. Always been a friend. Always supporting us. Helping us get better with our work. You know, guiding us along the way like any true Jedi Master might.
2: <laughs> like an Obi-Wan. So, Not yes. Pada- Padawans.
3: <laughs> yeah. We are the bad ones.
2: Before we start, uh, if there's anything you don't want us to talk about, uh, we'll note it and we will not uh, talk about it.
3: it was the time in 1998 when I killed a drifter. I hope you guys don't talk about that.
2: That's what that book's about, right? Oh. <laughs> yes. That's the only physical copy of a book I have. The restaurant uh digital.
3: Yeah, that's cool, man. As long as you get the story. I, I have a lot of digital, too, you know.
2: If, if I got every book of everyone I loved, um I your would probably would explode. No, my wife would, <laughs> <laughs> and then your house would explode. Fair, no fair clue. sequence of events. Excuse my
4: unprofessionalism. Oh, that's okay. We've been excusing it for a long time. Oh, <laughs> shots fired! <laughs> Run,
2: <Rundle. laughs> that's the sassiest I've ever heard, Ron. <laughs> We got sassy running today, so that is excellent. All right, I got everything squared away. Welcome to Deadhead Space. I'm your host, Patrick R. McDonough, joined always by my co-host, Brennan LaFaro. Say hello, Brennan. Hello, everybody. And today we have Ronald Kelly as a guest co-host. Say hello, Ron. Howdy. He's sassy today, folks. And we <laughs> <laughs> we have someone on that we wanted to have one half of uh, the Sisters of Slaughter, Michelle Garza. Um, yeah. Say hello. Hi there. and uh they are actually pretty awesome someone that we wanted on for a while we we just you know schedules it happens we guess and it's pretty funny because i've been reading your stuff for a while and uh i can't wait to dive into it but before we do that what got you into horror
3: um well i was just talking with my kids about this today earlier actually Ever since I was a little kid, I've just always been into monsters and witches and werewolves and Halloween. I think growing up in, okay, number one, our mother was a big time, is a big time horror fan. So we were always uh, watching horror ever since I was a little kid, like all the universal monsters and everything. And number two, growing up in Arizona, when the... um when the summer's finally dead and it becomes fall, you just that's just the season, you know, you feel alive again. So Halloween became my Christmas. And that's what got me into horror.
2: <laughs> 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 if
3: you see a werewolf sneaking in here,
2: uh... <laughs> <laughs> the wolf man's my favorite universal for the original.
3: Oh, me, universal yeah, monster. me too.
2: It's just so uh, my
3: son has a big collection of stuffed werewolves. So
2: do you know if I'm, your grandparents were into horror as well? My grandparents. Yeah. I'm only asking because you got three generations that are into it. I'm wondering if that, if that goes back um, further.
3: Yeah. I mean, you know how uh, my grandparents were from Tennessee and Arkansas and it was always like a big thing to sit around and tell ghost stories or talk about Hanks and, you know, so, yeah, I think it's just in our blood.
2: That's great. Ron, I want to, uh, we know the story, but I would want people to hear how you came across the Sisters of Slaughter.
4: Well, I I knew um, Melissa's husband, Chris, um for years before I knew the the sisters. um uh, uh, About the time that uh, Paul Goblisch was putting out the essential Ronald Kelly collection and hardcover, he'd. I'd have extra copies on hand and, and, uh, I'd sell them to Chris and, and he build up a collection. And, and so, you know, I knew Chris for, for several years, I, I guess from like 2011 to 2012 or something like that. Yeah. And then around, um, the summer of 2014, he, he messaged me and he said, uh, Hey, my, my wife and her sister are, 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 are writing horror stories, uh, could you uh, take a look at them and and see you know, give them some pointers or something? I said, well, yeah, sure. You know, send them on. And so, so, uh, you know, I've done it before, you know, people's always wanting me to read their, their stories and everything. And so I got the stories and what I didn't know is that they really kicked ass, you know? <laughs> so, um, so, um, uh, they sent me, you know, I, I sort of conversed back and forth with the, with Michelle and Melissa and um, and uh, the the thing about the cousins is because uh, their uh, their mothers from Tennessee uh, family they got family from Tennessee, so they said um, they said well you might be like an old long lost uncle and I said. No, I don't want to be an uncle. That's that's too creepy. <laughs> so I said, well, why don't we? You know, we could be cousins. You know, you never know. So, so that's how that stuck. And, and uh, I've had people say, "Are you really cousins?" And I said, "No, no, not really. You know, literary cousins. You know, yeah. you know we're, we're we're practically family because you know, you know, I love these ladies like you know, like my kin. You know, so.
3: Oh.
4: You are a true <laughs>
2: question,
3: Ron.
4: <laughs> yeah. They're
2: hard not to love. And, um, Brennan, before I go on, I want to hear you jump in. Cause I've been talking a lot. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I love that too. Um, I, I dig the camaraderie. I'm so glad that, you know, we were able to get you guys on to that, uh, video for Ron's memoir, uh, you know, yeah. to what, what, what? Not to turn this into a Ron centric episode. I promise yeah, no, I, won't, I won't. But what a, what a, what a great Good memoir. I got um, but love for the <laughs> yep. Um, 'm I'm, I'm super curious. I want to dive right into I'm so fascinated whenever we have an author on here who can talk about collaborating with other authors. and you put us in a unique position where you are collaborating with someone not who just writes in a similar genre, not who just you know has a similar style, but who you've known all your life. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about collaboration, you know, from the germ of an idea to the finished product.
3: Well, first of all, uh, where we grew up, it was on two and a half acres of desert, basically. And our street wasn't paved till we're like 20 years old. Uh, It was just something we started as kids that was just fun to do. Our brother would read us like goosebump books and everything. And then I think we're like eight or nine years old. And we just decided we're going to start writing our own books and letting our mom read them, and we would illustrate them. So our situation's a little different, because we've just been doing it so long, we started out just doing it as like fun, you know, little kid stuff, and we continued doing it, you know, even when we're teenagers and everything. Um, <clears throat> So for us, basically, we both, I, I do a lot of handwriting, and so does she, you know, a lot of our especially our earlier books and stuff, most of those were all handwritten before they're typed. Uh, but we keep um, notebooks of ideas, you know, and we'll share them with each other and we'll decide, you know, excuse me, if that's something, if the story idea is something that should be longer or if it's just a short story idea, how much we can build on them. Um So that's where we start, you know, with our idea books. There's, I know uh, when Sinister Grin opened up ages ago, (laughs) we were asked to write a novel and uh, we were trying to think of something. And Melissa had watched a TV show about possibly how the mines might have come up into Georgia and the southern states. And that's where our idea for Mind Blue came from because we're like, oh, we got to think of something, you know, that hasn't been done a million times. You guys, werewolves here um but anyways <laughs> so we look at our idea books if you know we usually make a list like um this book is going to be a novel this one sounds more like a short story and then depending on whatever we're writing you know sometimes we're invited to things or sometimes you know places open up and if it's a short story we can look at our list of ideas and say okay we're gonna go with this one yeah or if it's like there's a press that's opening for novels and we want to go for it. Then we'll start obviously way in advance writing novels. Um, So that's how we do it. And we get together. I mean, lately, seriously, the last, Oh, five or six months has been really bad because it seemed like everybody's health has gone to shit. (laughs) Our dad got super sick. Then our mom got super sick and she had emergency surgery. Melissa's been taking care of her. And now Melissa's not here today because uh, her mother-in-law had an emergency surgery. And But on a normal day or a normal week, we try to get together two or three times a week. And we'll sit down and we kind of divvy up the work, you know. And we also outline. I know a lot of people are not fans of outlines, but for us, even if we just keep a loose outline, like the direction of where we're going to go, then it kind of helps us. Like if I'm away from her and I'm writing two or three chapters and if she's at home and she's writing her chapters, then it's not like a complete surprise. Like we know you know, these two characters have to get to this point. They're going to kill this person in a gruesome way, whatever. And then sometimes it's kind of a surprise, like in between, like when I see what she wrote or if she sees what I wrote. Sometimes it's a surprise You're like, whoa, that was cool, you know. So and then once we get it all together, obviously the rough drafts, they're not always the greatest. So we read over them together. Um, sometimes, too, we might go back you know, the last five chapters or something and, and read it out loud, see how it sounds and see if it's, you know, as exciting as it can be, I guess you'd say, or if it captures your attention, or if if pieces of it lag, then if are we going to keep those pieces? Or are we going to write better pieces, you know? Then we get them all into the big rough draft and we read it together. And I usually do most of the editing, editing, even though, you know, like I don't claim to be an editor. So anybody who's edited my shit will probably be like, you don't edit nothing, (laughs) girl. But um, so, yeah. And then we usually just use like my email address and email it off to the publisher and cross our fingers and toes and pray for the best.
2: I like your work. I like what you guys do. Um, man, I should I should have written this title down. Is the ghost story isolation? Is that the title?
3: Isolation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I don't do this with every book, but I told you when I read it. Um, when I read that book, I kept playing this one song over and over again because it like talked about the sea, captured it perfectly, and I just played that on Alexa on repeat, and it was just that me reading that book in the living room and like, I I loved it so much because...
3: Wow. It, Actually, that book is I think our first long book that Ronald help,
4: helped us with. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I, I helped edit that book, you know. Oh,
3: see, now Ronald, he knows about my editing. My editing <laughs> has gotten better in the last eight years. <laughs> yeah. But he's probably like, what is
4: this, girl? Well, well, <laughs> Yeah, it was a great, it was a wonderful story and everything. It was just the mechanics of how, you know, um, you know, splitting up into paragraphs, it was like one long paragraph. <laughs> exactly. Like uh, Michelle, you know you have to have paragraphs
3: and you know you have to put <laughs> marks around right where people speak, right? right. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's how a book works,
4: right? <laughs> so I, you know when, when when people uh you know Right. You know, when they start learning to write from just scratch, if they didn't have uh, like uh, writing classes or or college, I didn't have any college. I had to learn by the seat of my pants, you know, and, uh, you know, it just takes a while to learn the mechanics of of how, you know, how you lay out, you know, uh, write, you know,
3: yeah. a story
4: or a, a novella or something like that and yeah and yeah i mean that it i love isolation that uh, that's a, a really good that was a good starting point for, for you that's but uh, cool.
2: <laughs> it, from your other work that i've read uh it was it was a lo- it was definitely different tonally. and it it was really neat because uh hmm, tell me if I'm getting too close to spoilers but basically I like how it felt. I mean, it's kind of like a Victorian story, but
0: Mm -hmm. I just
2: like how it felt like it was an older style story. Yes, but not for nothing. It was fast paced, unlike some of the older style stories, and and it kind of felt bad for the guy at the the end. Yeah, (laughs) a a, a little bit. um and i just want to mention this it's really for those that listen that don't know this before dead headspace. um Brian and i met when my friend uh garrett witt gave me his review platform deadhead reviews which is why well my wife came up with the title but that's why we named this to have a mega big platform for um promoting people but why I bring that up is because when I when I um, ran the Women's of Hor- Women of Horror Month for that platform, you and your sister um, wrote a story for that, and I loved it. I just remember it was in the desert, the serial killer, and it just it was the typical story. And I hate I I hope you don't hate me saying that, but the typical Sisters <laughs> of Slaughter story of just like brutality against some scumbag and. And it was just a whole lot of fun. And this is my odd segue of saying, talk about that book. <laughs> it's hold beautiful.
3: On uh, hold on. My co-host was supposed to tell you guys something, right? What were you supposed to say?
2: Bye, Mom's Books. Buy Mom's Books. That's a good tagline.
3: Right. Say agents, agents, give, agents give, give my, my mom, mom book a book deal. Give my mom a book deal. <laughs> give my mom a book deal.
0: Okay. Thank you.
3: <laughs> All right, sir. Listening,
0: Delray. Yeah. How could they say no to that? I know. <laughs> Cruel and heartless.
3: <laughs> but seriously, it's like I'm going to say that like this is my pitch. Okay. You guys give me a book deal. But then I'm going to say, I wrote a book about janitors versus the living dead. <laughs> <laughs> It has a lot of shit and and farting and vomiting in it. <laughs> oh, Watch out, werewolf! Okay, I, so I
2: remember listening to a, a interview with you, you and Melissa on uh, Brian Keene's horror show where, oh, yeah. you guys talked about how I can't remember if it was you or her was a janitor reading paperbacks, and yes, <laughs> you, okay, yeah. so yeah, both of you and and y'all just had this like. <laughs> dream of I wish that this could be us. And and that's really neat because I mean I I only started seriously putting pen to paper in 2013. And then it's not so long ago, but I was just talking about this today with Brendan that I never wanted to self-publish because of my first experience in 2014 where I didn't really know anyone and it just felt really lonely and I, I hated it. I hated doing everything. But do social media like we all know each other we're all friends that's four and um well well melissa's here in spirit so that's five but
3: she's always here yeah
2: my point is is it's so different now and i want to know how you and your sister went from being janitors reading horror books on breaks to writing that that horror book that has a limited edition copy with arguably one of the best in the business.
3: Exactly. By being published by the fucking mighty thunderstorm
2: books. (laughs) Yep.
3: Paul is an amazing dude. Um, Everybody,
2: everybody loves him.
3: Oh yeah. He's the greatest. I can't say anything bad about Paul ever.
2: Really sweet guy.
3: Coolest, sweetest, most professional dude in the, in the industry. So I agree. um, But like I was saying before, you know, we we've been writing since we're little kids. So we had uh, stories and everything. And Melissa's husband knew that. And everybody that's been around us, our family has always known that. And when I met my husband, he knew it's like you kind of just got to like I don't know if it's like confessing it to someone like I like to write scary stories, <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, over the years, my husband, was husband, they're really pushing us. Like, if you like to do it, why don't you get out there and try? You know, and okay, well, man, I think we had this uh, this crazy idea because you know, neither one of us went to college. Like, we we just had this thing in our head for a long time where it's like, if you didn't go to college, or you know for writing and you're never going to go anywhere. No one's going to take you seriously. And uh, Melissa's husband was like, dude, you got to get on Facebook and see like the, the- <laughs> and everything at Facebook, you know, but, um, you know, see the other people, you know, there's other people doing it, you know, and just give it a shot. So we did, and we, you know, started writing and basically I would say like the first, uh, probably the first years like is all rejection, you know, which is comes in the te- with the territory, yeah, and sure,
2: affected,
3: especially when like you don't know what you're doing, you're just winging it, man. You're just getting out there and trying, <laughs> you know. So, uh, we had a friend that lives here in Arizona, and she, uh, her, and her friends were putting out like a uh, an anthology. And she asked us to put in a story, so we did. And then um, I sent off a, a poem for the, brand, the HWA uh, Poetry Showcase Volume 1. It was a very short poem, but I got it accepted and I was totally, totally stoked. Um, then our friend James Newman, unfortunately, he had an accident and a tree fell on him. And luckily he survived. He's a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our friends were putting together an anthology for him to try to help him out. And we asked if we could submit and we did. And luckily our story was chosen and that actually got turned to uh, a novella later on, but everybody that read it thought it was great. <laughs> Those who follow. So, um, that was our start, you know, just getting our feet wet in there. And yeah. I think I would just basically tell everybody, if you want to do it, just get out there and try. Learn from your mistakes. Read other people's work and see, you know, what works. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> do not be afraid if you get rejected. Like someone, everyone is going to get rejected. There's never, I don't think there's ever a person alive that's going to write and have everything they ever submit um, accepted, pure and simple, you know? So uh, yeah, that's how we got our start. You know, we were janitors, um, reading, a lot of reading. I've always read my whole life and writing, always writing stories and writing poetry. And I think it was like, uh, we were like 29 and me and my sister were like, we're almost 30. Uh, if we're going to try to do this, let's jam on it, you know, let's try. So that's what we did.
2: we right, jump in.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's, you know, a, such a solid point and it, it can't be said enough. I mean, uh, in 170 episodes or thereabouts, I can't even imagine how many times we've had people say like, Hey, don't take rejections personally. They are going to happen. And especially, you know, um, I've got to imagine that I haven't been writing long enough to uh, have been sent rejections in the snail mail. But nowadays in social media where you'll see a call for submissions and they'll be like, "Ah, we received, you know, 1500 submissions. It's a little bit easier to not take it personally. It's a little bit easier to say, okay, I would have to beat out, you know, 1,475 stories. um, And all of a sudden the numbers work in my favor. But at the same time, we do, it does bear repeating. And we do talk about it over and over again, because somewhere in the back of our mind, you know, we're proud of that little piece of work we've sent out into the world. And we do believe it deserves a home. Um, And You know, the best of the best will always tell you that it's not always, you know, if you you have something rejected, it's not because it's bad. It's or not necessarily because it's bad. It's sometimes it's just because it's not a good fit or because the editor just read a story with a similar theme, you know, 10 minutes before. So there is no real question here. But I'm just I'm always glad to hear somebody who has, you know, X number of books in the world and has, you know, uh kind of garnered a readership and an avid readership in your case uh just say hey i was there too so you know you will survive it
3: oh yeah and i mean some rejections hurt more than others i'll tell (laughs) you we had one uh it was just a couple years ago that was almost like right there on the line like almost greenlit to write like a kind of serialized stuff again, kind of like the same stuff that we did with yeah. Brian Keene and Richard Chismar, but just at the last minute, it was like, nope, sorry, and like that one hurt badly, <laughs> but I've always been the kind of person where it's like, uh, if that happens to me, I just kind of like get up, and it's like, you just got to dust yourself off and keep going, because nobody, nobody's going to make you keep going with yourself, so you got to do it, you know?
2: Uh, you know what? I actually have something to piggyback off of what you just said. Because um, I was talking to Joe Lansdale yesterday about it. it doesn't matter what the topic is. It, it was just something that I, was stressing me out. So I reached out to him and Ron. Name um, dropper. And, and, well, I said Ron too. So it's <laughs> double name dropping. Let me have my moment on <laughs> on someone else's episode. <laughs> but what Joe said rings true to this point uh what you're you're saying he said the only the only thing certain um yeah i messed up already he ended with breathe easy it does what it does with or without your worry and i thought that was true about so many things in life that like you know a lot of things are going to happen whether you're happy or worried or whatever
3: yeah exactly
0: Mm
3: -hmm. it keeps on moving, unfortunately. So, and I know there's days that sometimes you don't want to make yourself (laughs) get up and keep going or get up and keep trying, but we just, we just got to, you know?
2: Absolutely. Ron, let's hear some of your sage wisdom. Southern fried (laughs) master.
4: Well, uh, you know, I I was just thinking about uh, um, the, the unique dynamic that uh, Michelle and Melissa have. I mean, Sisters working together, you know, it it might be cliche to ask, but, um, Michelle, but uh, do you have any kind of like psychic kind of link between you and Melissa? Or,
3: well, I mean, definitely, you know, people probably think it's weird, but definitely being twins, it's like, I think it's almost like sometimes we can read each other's mind, you know what I mean? Um, yeah there's been some weird things where it's like you know when you're an adult and you don't even speak to each other for a week, but you're both showing up to like a your friend your mom's birthday or something, you're both wearing almost the exact same clothing, you know things like that. so I mean i I think we do. We have a special connection, a special link. it's always gonna be there. Um, I was lucky because I was born with a best friend. Um that's why a lot of times I kind of am an introvert. I I don't really give a shit about leaving my house a lot because I was born with a best friend and I don't know sometimes I think that hurts me a little bit <laughs> because I'm just I don't know how to um I don't know how to interact with people and I think sometimes sharing uh through writing maybe you connect with people a little bit, you know.
2: I'm wondering about you and and Melissa having such a close connection. Have you ever explored at least the idea with each other about writing a story about what life would be like if this person, if she were to die, if you were to die or something, not death, but a terrible accident where it might make one of you not be able to speak anymore? Have you guys ever explored that? Because um, something Um, that. Go ahead.
3: Our in our one book, those who follow, uh, there's a girl that ends up um searching a connection and she finds out that it is her sister that was taken by a serial killer that was taken into another dimension to kill her. Um, <laughs> and they, you know, that's awesome, <laughs> <laughs> but we do have other like twin stories they were planning. We didn't know if it would be like overkill if we put too many twins in the <laughs> stories. Having people like, oh, of course. The twins have another book with twins in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's about time, I think, because that book's about like seven or eight years old. So, maybe some more twin, creepy twin stuff going on, I think, would happen.
2: I love that.
4: You, you I, know, uh, Go uh, ahead, Ron. Zebra had a uh, um and i uh, it was actually sisters who wrote uh under the name pauline dunn uh they wrote two two novels for zebra and uh um that i don't think they were twins they were sisters but uh I, I did meet them at uh the first world horror convention and uh they were they were night and day one was very introverted one was very ex- uh, um um extroverted and and uh it was like um, it was like night and day, but uh, you know, you know they came in and about the time I did, and only wrote two novels, and I, then I guess Zebra shut their doors, and I don't know if they ever wrote again, but uh, but you know I had never come across another pair of uh, writing sisters until uh, I met uh, Michelle and Melissa.
0: I was just going to throw out there, Ron. I'm glad you thought to ask that question. I have, I find the whole like potential, let's say psychic link between twins. I find that fascinating. And I actually have two older sisters who are twins and they don't, I almost don't even think of them as twins. You know, they don't look alike. They don't act alike. They, I I won't say they weren't, they aren't close, but not like best friend close, not like you kind of think of the stereotypical twins. So, I mean, I do find that, that interesting. And, you know, of course, I wonder if that's kind of what uh, leads to you and um, Melissa being on the same page as far as writing now, kind of harking back to my earlier question. Do you find that when you guys are working together, do you bring different strengths Or different like skill sets to the experience?
3: I think, I mean, she has a great uh, way of like uh, thinking of new ways, or I guess new ideas or fresh ways of looking at maybe an old trope, maybe something I would pass over, like, oh, people have done that, you know, but she's, (laughs) oh, but they haven't done it like this, you know, and then we go, oh, okay. So she's really good, really good at that. Um, we're both, I would say both pretty good at, uh, making up some really gruesome or gross
2: things. Yep. Uh, (laughs) You are underplaying that one. (laughs) I
3: I was telling, uh, because I'm writing, um, I'm writing a Western comic for the dead sky. Oh,
2: really? Right.
3: But I was talking, uh, and I was telling him like, um, because he was reading Pandemonium Arizona, our latest one from Journal Stone, and he was like, "Oh, a couple of pages into it, there's already diarrhea in a bathroom stall." And I was like, "You know, every time I swear to God, I say, you know what? We're gonna try to write something. Just let's try to be a little bit more serious, maybe a little more mainstream." There's always something with diarrhea. There's period blood. There's maggots in someone's mouth, and then we're all fucked.
1: <laughs>
2: See, Brennan, I could write all the throw up in the world I
0: want and I'll just be somewhat cool like them. So you have to garner your audience first. You know, true. The, the, the people <laughs> picking up a Sisters of Slaughter book, they want they want diarrhea. I mean, you can't disappoint the masses.
3: No, what I was actually I mean, most have always thought it would be cool. To have like an anthology called like Slaughter City and like maybe have a story or two from us and then invite some of our friends to write just gruesome shit, you know?
2: That'd be cool. Damn, I want to read that now.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I want to be in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. You have the Jedi Master.
4: Um, How have
2: jokes joke poop jokes?
3: Oh, um, he said my favorite type of jokes are poop jokes.
0: Uh, I can believe that. I like I've always here. said that the, if I hit an age where I'm not laughing at poop and farts anymore, like just take me out back and give me the old yeller treatment.
3: Yeah. Just do me in, bro.
2: <laughs> I thought old yeller went to the uh, farm
0: on the farm. Take me to the farm. Exactly. That's what I mean. Sorry. Earmuffs, Patrick. <laughs> For you or me? <laughs> For you.
2: So Ron, what do you think about? No. Here's the joke going over your head. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. I got it. Yeah. I'm a little kid. I'm a kid with bald hair and a beard. It's not funny, <laughs> Brennan. Uh, <laughs> Ron, if they were to make that anthology, what would your story be about?
4: Oh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I've explored a lot of it in Essential Six stuff. So I'd have to come up with something, you know, totally, you know, probably way beyond what I you know, usually write extreme, but. What if you write a story about
2: like a haunted building where the doors are mouths, but you don't know it. And there's like, fi- there's like dead people in the building to luring living people. And then the door goes, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, that's possible. <laughs> Brendan, what do you think of that, man? I, you know, I think if Ron was going to write something, he would need to write some sort of like side quote to Mojo Mama. I had the, uh, uh, I, 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 I reread that recently and I think I sent you a message like what the hell Ron? Like this (laughs) there's some there's some stuff in there. Like where where were you going with that? Like what was going on with you that you
3: I was just gonna add though, the only way to escape from this building is through the back door, and that door is a butthole.
2: (laughs) I actually want to write that story now. About a haunted building. I went there. I'm going to co-write with The Sisters of Slaughter, spiritually, because I don't think that they would stoop to my level. Um,
3: No, don't be ridiculous, man. (laughs) Don't be, you don't know what my level
2: is. (laughs) Let's talk about this book, Audio Listeners. I'm holding up the buzzards, the buzzard zone. Um, Yeah, it's a Ronald Kelly book, but how does it connect to The Sisters of Slaughter? Let's hear it, Melissa or Ron. Um, Michelle, I keep doing that. I'm so (laughs) sorry.
3: Don't worry about it. That's been my whole life, bro. (laughs)
2: Uh,
3: We are honored to be characters in that book. (laughs) Completely honored.
2: Let's talk about all the gruesomeness with you guys in it.
3: Well, and also I was going to say, Ron is very professional because when he was writing our characters, he asked us about ourselves, if we had a dog when we were younger, and also how we would like to die. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so, so. oh they got to pick their death that's smart
3: well, c- kind of not the exact way but we kind of got to say like hey you know
4: i want to uh, go out I, and- <laughs> 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 I gave michelle a choice i said uh do you want to be bitten by a zombie or do you want to blow up and, <laughs> and she said well, just blow me up you know oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> i love that it real good you know yeah. <laughs> and
2: just so those don't know, those that do not know that is uh Ronald Kelly's zombie book and it's a beautiful cover and i'm assuming that's uh Alex, Alex McVeigh yeah.
4: yeah i mean he's I oh, bet, so. didn't Alex do the your uh yes, janitor's zombie book
3: cover yeah. too yeah our uh janitor's versus the living dead yeah he did this one too yeah Super cool. We were like so honored to have him do a it's, book cover for us. It's actually called Fart Jokes the Book. Get out of here! <laughs> My son's saying everything's fart jokes.
2: It's called Fart Jokes the Book. So what yes. he said. <laughs>
3: <Yes. laughs> um, earlier if he wanted to say hello, it was fine, and now he's just jumping in on it. In any chance that he you
2: give a man the a interview is with Tiki, yeah, and he steals it for a mile.
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: That's not the phrase, but I don't know what it is, so that's what we're going even, with.
3: You took a mile. There we go. Poo-poo. Poo-poo butt.
2: I want to know what you guys got coming up that you can talk about. Besides, we talked about Dead Sky uh, publishing the.
3: Um, right now, we are working on a, a few novels um, together and separately. You Ooh, know, we, wait, what? Yes, we do write separately every once in a while. Mm. Um, so she was working on a few things. I was working on a few things, and those things are not published to or uh, pu- promised to publishers or anything. We're just doing it for fun, and uh, we were actually thinking of putting together all of our old. Um, old short stories into a collection. We've been talking about that for like a year though. So we need to get on that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I specifically remember I asked you via email or messenger, whatever. And that was that you said the collection that that had to be it.
3: Yeah. We want to, we want to put one together. I haven't even asked though a publisher who wants to publish this. Come on and come get it.
2: (laughs) I mean, I feel like you guys are in that position where you can do that now.
3: I think so. Hand hands anybody out there?
2: Oh, hey R- Paul. Paul. Email Paul. Yeah, email Paul. I bet I bet he would publish.
3: That. Oh, email me. No, get out of here. <laughs> you,
2: want, you want to talk about me and Brendan were talking about um, I think before we were on the air, that uh he's got like six bookshelves and they're all just packed with books. Yeah, And we've seen Paul's a part of part a section of his uh library. And oh my god, he's got like two copies of every book he's ever published. Yes. That's a
3: and
4: lot. Actually,
3: let me tell you about Paul. It was very kind. Uh, we had managed to avoid COVID until like the mid of all uh, the middle of August. And I had posted on Twitter how we were all sick. Like, and it was just like a day or two later I got a care package in the mail with a bunch of thunderstorm books from Paul. Mm-hmm telling me to kick COVID's ass, telling Melissa to kick COVID's ass. So if that tells you what kind of heart he has,
2: uh, you know what? He, Amazing. I know he he sent Bernie and I some books and that, that yours was one of them. And I told my wife, I'm like, do you know how much this is worth? Not that I'm trying to sell them, but I'm like,
0: wow, what do you yeah. do this? <laughs> Get off eBay, Pat. No, I mean, when we were <laughs> saying earlier that like, uh, That 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 Paul is just a good soul. Like we're not blowing smoke. Like dude is a legitimately just wonderful human being. Every interaction that we've had with him uh, has just been so nice. Such a kind guy. You know, nothing bad to say about the dude.
3: Yeah, we had dinner with Ron when he was out here last, and Paul was there too, and we just had a good time. Is that when you
2: guys did the wolf paintings?
4: Yeah.
3: Oh my gosh! Yes, Ron um, painted amazing werewolf for us. Not and surprised. Like, <laughs> if I have a treasure trove, well, I do have a treasure trove. I'm like a dragon, and that is sitting on top of all of my gold coins. Is that painting? Because I was just like <laughs> so blown away by it. I was like, oh my god! Is seriously, I think like one of the coolest gifts a friend has ever given me.
4: Is yeah, that pretty? That's pretty bad. I, I brought it. I brought it thousands <laughs> of miles. <laughs> I know.
2: You <laughs> drove from from Tennessee to Arizona?
4: Yeah, and then on to the California after that. So, uh, you know, those, those paintings traveled a lot of miles, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, well wrapped, and, you know, I mean, we had so much stuff in the back of that van. It was like, you know, <laughs> uh, it, 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 there wasn't like a half an inch of space in it.
3: So. Yeah, just big enough to put the paintings in there, yes, man. Right.
4: I slit them in there.
3: <laughs> it was like playing Tetris.
2: <laughs> Where'd you guys come up with the name Sisters of Slaughter?
3: Um, we were in a we were in an anthology a while ago or years ago, and one of the editors was joking on Facebook with some other dudes, and they're like, you know what? We all need to make like um like wrestling names, and they're like what would melissa michelle's name be if they're wrestlers and it was like the twins of terror and they made up a couple of them and then they're like how about the sisters of slaughter and we're like yeah that works and (laughs) i mean i've always been and melissa too have always been like a huge fan of like death metal underground metal and everything so um when people started calling us the sisters of slaughter we got shirts made it almost looked like a band shirt you know what i mean so and that's where our logo came from so it was kind of just like a joke at first and we just went with it
2: yeah yeah uh kind of fits in also with the heavy metal i like from from the 80s is uh you know judith priest or or uh, twisted sisters or um black sabbath it Mm -hmm. sisters of slaughter would definitely fit in i could see them playing with kiss
3: I think uh, Stephen Kozanowski. He was wearing our Sisters of Slaughter shirt at, at a convention, and somebody was like, "I think i seen them play with Crocus <laughs> or something." And he's like, uh, "No, you didn't. This is these are this is not a band." But yeah,
4: yeah.
2: So. you guys play music? Are you guys musicians at all?
3: No. Oh, <laughs> no
2: the face no. is great. No, <laughs> not at all.
3: Not at all. No um if someone tried to hear me sing or something they, they think it's like uh, a mix of king diamond and like a dying mule or something <laughs> so,
0: that's quite a mix
3: it is and definitely <laughs> you don't want to hear me sing it could kill you <laughs> it won't kiki get out of here
2: <laughs> is kiki your favorite child who asked that question oh <laughs> I got one kid, so mine's an easy yes. Phil's my favorite. Um, Kiki
3: is my <laughs> youngest. Kiki is my youngest. I asked my oldest son, who just turned 16,
2: Oh my goodness.
3: Bobby if he would be on, if he wanted to say hello, and he's like, no, mom. I don't. Don't <laughs> blame him. Here, a Bobby,
2: bunch get of it. nerds on here, except for Ron, who's a sassy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd say that about you, Ron. How dare I!
3: I love that. Well, I love I'm,
2: that. I'm keeping the clip of Ron being sassing the intro. Okay. Um, you you have to. I mean, it's
3: my oldest son.
2: Hey, Bobby. We are we're a bunch of nerds, so you know we're not cool.
3: Uh, he was raised by me, so he knows. Oh, okay.
2: Ooh, I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I too have glasses, but I don't need them close up.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, I um like right before we started this, like this the storms and shit here in Arizona is supposed to be over the monsoon, and like this huge storm rolled through. We went to get the kids some food and I was I ran out of the car and my hair is all messed up. And luckily, you guys were like doing like a, a promo or something because I'm like, I gotta put my hair in a
4: ponytail or something because this shit's crazy, man.
2: We, yeah, we did a we did an ad with uh Erica T Worth. Who's got a book coming out with flat iron' um, sweet. Yeah, she's an indigenous writer from uh, uh, Denver. I almost... Uh, no, Colorado. I don't know if she's from Denver. Denver is in Colorado. Yeah, I know, but I don't know if she's from Denver. So I'm just saying Colorado for sure. I know, man, where stuff are. Right you, didn't
0: so, you didn't sound like you knew. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I don't know much. Stop pointing out my flaws. That's um, fine. You know, I want to throw out real quick. I, I don't really have a question attached, but, um, we mentioned isolation, uh, isolation earlier. And if memory serves, uh, that came out in fall of 2019, but it also around the same time, uh, you released Tepidum Lucidum. And I yes. love this book. I absolutely fucking love this book. The title, Definitely.
2: how'd you say it correctly?
0: Okay. Yeah. So, uh. Uh Michelle and Melissa did an interview with Inkheist when the book came out. I listened oh, to it. And I was yeah, yeah, yeah. actually super fascinated with the way you came up with the title. I had never heard that term before. Um, and I believe it's the correct me if I'm wrong, it's the kind of phenomenon of light shining off uh the eyes of animals. Um, yes. which creepy as hell, right? I mean, it, it, you don't you don't get that what a what a it's just a horror title waiting to happen and and Thankfully you guys snatched it up, but uh, yes. this is such a great, you know, shit goes to hell in a small town creature feature. Um, and I'm going to hold it up again. Cause I also love the cover. It's just a fabulous cover. And of course you've got the eyes. Um, that is and I do, cover. I would like to see more people pick that up and, and read it and like kind of number it among their favorite creature features.
3: Yes. Yeah. Um... That was such a fun book to write. I swear, man, I just, I love creatures tearing people to pieces and destroying a town. I just love it, you know? And we're talking, we're like, you know, we got to do something like this, you know? And we had the the name for that already. And we kind of wrote it into a short story. Um, uh, but we're like, you know, let's expand on this idea you know, what goes beyond this part of this little short story that we had. And I just loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I know. Um, I think it's going to be uh, out of print through Death's Head Press, but we are talking to somebody else to bring it back. So
0: Very cool. Glad to hear that.
2: I was waiting to see what the wolf name was going to say. Okay. So Brennan, That's do you nice. want to go to the Carly Reign or you got something else? I uh, know we can go there if you're ready. Yes. Yes, we can. I'm just I keep watching the wolf. I'm getting distracted by your kid's toy. I, that says more about me. Thank obviously. God it doesn't squeak because you'd be in trouble. Yeah, I'm, it like
3: does a,
2: not I'm like a like a good puppy with a beard. Uh Michelle, what are you currently reading? I didn't laugh. That was hard because Ron was smiling and that was gonna make me laugh.
3: Well, um, believe it or not. This is not going to surprise anybody at all. But usually around every October, I start reading some of my favorite books, my comfort books. And it is Cycle of the Werewolf by Stephen King. (laughs) I read that yearly because I love werewolves. Um, Most people that knew us like years ago on Facebook knew that. I always used to do Werewolf Wednesday. I am obsessed with werewolves. So... That's why I buy my kids werewolves to play with. That's why I read werewolves. I watch werewolves. We haven't had a chance to have a full on werewolf book, but I'm not saying that's never gonna happen because it's about goddamn time we do.
2: Oh, absolutely. That you know what? I just <laughs> heard about this book called uh Such Sharp Teeth.
3: Such by teeth. I'm yeah. buying that. <laughs> yeah, oh, <awesome.
2: laughs> I've heard really I, good things.
3: And Alma Katsu's uh werewolf, is it?
0: Oh, phenomenal. Oh. Yeah.
3: I gotta get that shit all um,
0: I, yeah, you'll love that. It's great. I love her. So,
3: brain. those are the two I want 100%. Definitely. i want only get them on Christmas. I will get them for Christmas. Good idea. From Santa.
2: Santa's
3: bringing me those for Christmas.
2: <laughs> or the Wolfman. What if the Wolfman was dressed as Santa?
3: That would be adorable.
2: <laughs> you should do that. You should family photo.
3: I'm gonna do that. I'm going to fucking sew a Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> for the I'm going to. <laughs>
2: Ron, I want to see those. If you actually do that, please, I please send know. it to me. I will.
4: Uh, Ron, what are you currently reading, sir? Uh, well, I just finished uh, Ronald Mawphy's Black Mouth. Um, oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great.
2: Brennan talks really highly about that one.
4: Uh, yeah, it was a, a doorstopper too. It was. Uh, <laughs> pretty thick book uh, so um that was that was great right now i'm uh reading things left behind the collection uh uh brian Keene and maryson giovanni's uh joint collection yeah. nice and nice i'm about i'm a few stories into that and enjoys and it. it's uh it's great excellent
0: excellent right what are you it's reading being, i think that's a thunderstorm release too yeah it, it is a thunderstorm yeah uh, I am reading. We should get Paula on the show one day. Little Are- Eve by Katrina Ward. Um, mm-hmm. That yeah, oh, it's awesome. Um, so far, uh, and I have no doubt it's going to let me down because I, you know, I loved Last House on Needless Street. I loved Sundial, and this is kind of. I don't want to say it's the same because I feel like that sounds negative, but she has this way of just kind of setting up where you're you you read a few chapters in and you have just no idea what's going on everything is just so off kilter and you keep flipping the pages because there's these constant teases like you're gonna figure out you're gonna get on some kind of level ground and it just i mean in this book it hasn't happened so far and frankly you know even in the other ones just from the way she writes i know she's eventually gonna pull the rug out from under me and I'm yeah. gonna wonder how she pulled it off so successfully, but yeah, she she's a hell of an author. Um, I am also reading uh, Inside the Devil's Nest by John Durgan. Uh, he self-published a book called The Cursed Among Us earlier this year. Uh, really, really cool read, and he has uh, this new book coming out through D&T in January, I think. Uh, it's and it, it's really excellent so far. It's a mixture of cult and mafia um and you know so far the tension in it is just it's top-notch really really good stuff so i'm excited to get through the rest of that patrick what about you um i'm finishing up david Morrell's first blood i got two
2: hours and 30 minutes left first time i'm reading i watched a movie years ago um, I know I watched all three at some point. You know, it's one; it's ingrained in society so so much that like, you watch it at some point. You just, it's been years. Um, so it's a good refresher.
3: We love the Rambo movies. Every every year, every year, every six months, I think we have to watch all the Rambo movies back to back.
2: <laughs> I want to say the new one, and then there's also this uh, new TV show with Sylvester Stallone. I, th- I want to say something, Yuma. But it looks, it's it's a it's a drama. It looks really cool. Um, man, welcome to Yuma. I feel like that's it. But um, the other book I'm currently reading is Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian.
3: I I'm reading uh The Road as well. Sorry, I should have mentioned have, that.
2: No, I haven't read that. This is my first McCarthy book. I, I've never read him before, and I've owned <laughs> The Road for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I really like it and uh especially how I'm finishing edits on a horror western and I don't want to say what, but I got plans for staying in that space for some time. Um I want to absorb as much weird western horror stuff as I can. So yeah, that's that's definitely on all the like top lists of horror westerns, that's always on it. So I need that in my um my when I hear
3: more news about the the comic, I'll let you know. Yes. That.
2: Yeah, I've been totally. Steve Wa- like Steve Wands is the one that runs that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He's a really nice guy. He's uh, he's been very helpful with me. I mm-hmm. got nothing but the kindest things to say about him. Um. So yeah. Yeah.
3: He's been, uh, he's been super awesome working with him. Uh, yeah. When he first asked if I wanted, if we want to do any comics, I was like, well, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, obviously." <laughs> I
3: <don't like> that. <laughs> you know, the, this is the first time I've ever tried to write like in that format. So he's been really cool.
2: How do you like it compared to writing prose?
3: I love it. Honestly, I love it. Uh, I know like, I've, when we wrote "Mind blue and a few of our other books, um, some of the, I won't say negative things people said, or, you know, some of the, some of the complaints people have had, sometimes it's like, you have a very short uh, chapter, or it bounces a lot. I think my brain really wants to write, like, a comic, or, you know, maybe one day, like, movies or something, because that's, that's what I see in my mind, It's more of just, like, a little movie going on, and sometimes when you're writing a novel, or you're writing a book, sometimes, it's like, the chapter might be, some people might think not long enough or you bounce back and forth too much between characters because sometimes my brain gets bored. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I get it. I totally Let's get it.
3: Here and see what, how this person's dying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think every reader is individual though. I mean, you're going to please some people and not others. And, Absolutely. uh, you know, just like dealing with rejections, you know, dealing yeah. with, uh, reader yeah. feedback is you know not to take anything away from reader experience it's mm-hmm. it's everybody's going to have a different experience and if you try to incorporate them all into future work you're going to create a frankenstein's monster that nobody <laughs> wants to read <laughs> right
2: <laughs> um so i just looked it up uh the sylvester stallone show that's coming on it's called tulsa king it's on paramount plus and it the synopsis is it follows an italian mobster faced with the startling task reestablishing his italian mafia family in tulsa oklahoma and uh the preview wrote me and i mean i love stallone he's he he just all he seems like a good guy and he's a he's a wonderful actor um i like the i like the movie uh what is it mom mom's stop my mom's got a gun oh yeah i
3: totally forgot about that one yeah
2: that movie's hilarious just like Randomly, uh, just like one of my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies is my favorite Christmas movie, Jingle All the Way. It's so oh my fun. <laughs> it's fun. I love Turbo Man. Um, all right, let's find out where can people follow you.
3: Um, well, well, well stop <laughs> on Twitter.
2: We can uh, edit him out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I have a we have do we have a Facebook. Um,
2: tell them I'm kidding Facebook I don't want to make a like, kid
3: upset I don't know if anybody's on Facebook that much anymore so uh, just mostly my on Twitter and Amazon.
2: I talked over you sorry but that Twitter and Amazon what is your username
3: uh, on Twitter is uh, sisters of slaughter at fiend books I think that sounds right do I have that right
2: yeah fiend book so- sounds, sounds right I think it is <laughs> I think you're good Ron where
4: can people follow you um, you can go to my website, com, which is horribly outdated. <laughs> it, it needs to be updated, which I'll probably do when I retire in November. I'll, I'll get in there and, and update it a lot. But Um, you, um, you can find me on uh, Facebook. I'm still on Facebook. You know, so <laughs> I've got a lot of followers on Facebook, but, uh, um, uh i'm ronald kelly on facebook uh, on twitter i'm uh ronald kelly four and uh on instagram i'm dixie darken and you can subscribe to my substack newsletter um uh, the fear county chronicle and and get i love um, that
3: newsletter.
4: yeah yeah well thank you <laughs> it's a good one it, it's been a lot of fun you know
2: yeah it's pretty neat man um You know, we should start doing this. If you want to follow us on the show, uh, Deadhead Space, we can be found on TikTok, on Twitter, Instagram. Um, I think that's it. I don't know. But, you know, I'm not the best producer. It doesn't matter. Right, Brennan? Where can people follow you? Don't answer the question. Just the second one. Where can can people follow you?
0: If I'm yeah, if I'm honest, I really only go back and forth between home and work, uh, and I don't feel comfortable giving out the addresses of my schools. So, um, oh yes, probably, finally someone answered the. <laughs> probably, probably Twitter is the best bet at Brendan Lafaro. Thank you. I am always
2: hoping someone is silly with that. <laughs> that one, uh, Michelle. Do you have any final thoughts, comments, or odd sounds?
3: Um. Well, I would fart decide- noises.
0: Um, <laughs> you <did
3: it>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for having me on your show. I know I'm a weirdo and uh my son's crazy. Um, but anyways, thank you. And I also want to thank Ron for joining us because that means a lot to me because you've always been really good friend and you'll always be my cousin in horror. And I love you guys.
2: Thank you. Love you too. And it's funny how Ron came on. Brennan didn't even know because uh Nope, that was a surprise for me. <laughs> it was a surprise for me and Ron, too, as of uh, up until like um, it was 30 minutes four, before uh, the show.
4: Yeah, I mean, it was like uh, four o'clock here. I, I said, uh, So you're having the, the sisters on? And he said, Yeah, do you want to be on there? And I said, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So
0: it's
4: tonight. tonight. <laughs> it was, a, yeah, it was tonight. So it, was, uh, it, it happened to be that everybody was out of the house. So, So I've got the house to myself. So it was perfect. (laughs) Brennan, do you have any final thoughts?
0: Uh, Michelle, we're just, you know, we're grateful for your time. We're glad to have you on. We originally had you. We wanted to get you on in our first batch of six episodes. And here we are at like 160, 170. uh, And I'm so glad that we could finally make it happen. Uh, We love your work. And, you know, of course, Melissa's too. you know, pass our love on to her. Um, so yeah, I'm so thankful this happened. And I, surprise, Ron, I'm glad you joined us. We're always <laughs> happy to have you. <laughs> and uh, yeah,
2: you two are my pretty much my horror sisters, you know. So I am glad that uh, I get to call you guys my friend. And Michelle, I appreciate you being here along with Wolfman and your son.
3: <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have you guys. Seriously, you guys are awesome. Always so supportive and good friends, and that's what I looked at it like tonight. I wasn't nervous or anything. So I'm like, I'm just gonna be hanging with my friends tonight, you know?
2: Absolutely. And yeah. please do let us know about that comic because we want to talk all about it. We want to promote it because that sounds awesome. i want to buy it already, but that's
3: <laughs>
2: it's not possible. I will.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, next episode one sixty eight is with David Morell. In the Lansdale's as Keith Lansdale, Casey Lansdale, and Joe Lansdale, um, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but Brandon and I—it'll I be interesting. I guarantee Brandon and I also, will not do most of the talking.
4: Would you say, Ron? I said I'm sure it'll be interesting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, if 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 everybody can get a, a word in extra last when when Joe gets going, yes, you know, so. that's what's going to be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> his kids can talk a hell of a lot too, man.
2: He's seen. uh No one's going to say anything to that. Okay, I look like an asshole, but <laughs> you know that's fine.
0: <laughs> By the way, we're going I for a theme here.
2: I got a Ronald Kelly shirt on. I had to show you
0: for hey. the event. Hey. Here's mine too.
2: <laughs> that's amazing. Sorry, Ron,
0: I didn't plan because I didn't know you were coming. So I'm wearing a Thursday shirt because it's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> He knew, he just, he doesn't
2: love you like I do. Okay, you have many choices in podcasts. Thank you for yes. right,
0: choosing You can talk now, you can say something. We're still recording. You have many choices in podcasts. Thank you for choosing us.
4: We've been excusing it for a long time.